podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another show. Hope you're doing well. We are now close to the start of Chelsea's pre-season, the beginning of the Mauricio Pochettino era. 1st of July, that is this Saturday, is when Mauricio Pochettino's Chelsea contract officially begins. So I'm sure we will see media. I'm sure we'll see his first press conference, hopefully get a feel for what Pochettino is going to be like in front of the media and and hear some interesting quotes from him and then of course next season players will start to filter back to column at least the ones we still have as of course we begin pre-season preparations for the 23-24 campaign this show we're not going to be looking at transfer rumors and speculation arguably we are because as you probably can tell from the title of today's video I'm going to be giving you my predicted 11. This is the 11, I think, may be used by Mauricio Pochettino as we head into the new season, the formation, some of the key players, some of the key battles within the squad. I think is going to be interesting to look at ahead of the the upcoming months because we'll see what goes on during preseason, those games, get a gauge of what's going on. That is when we're going to start to see some evidence of of Pochettino's decision-making before the start of the season. But I've seen some other people do this, um, so I wanted to give you my thoughts on it as we head into what is going to be a very interesting pre-season. If you are new around here, want to see the latest Chelsea content, we will get back into the news in tomorrow's show. Please do hit that like button. really does help the YouTube channel out. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. But let's get into it. So we're going to start off with the players Chelsea have sold, because I think that's easy, because Chelsea are, are starting to sell a lot of players. And I'm also going to take out some players who are kind of uncertainties at the moment or players that look like they could be about to leave. It's kind of hard to include them in my planning because they could very much be off you know, within the next week. So I wanted to kind of state that at the start. So before we get into my eventual starting 11, you aren't thinking, why isn't this player being included? I will explain why and kind of my thinking about it. So Edouard Mendy's gone, Kaladu Koulibaly is gone, Mateo Kovacic, N'Golo Kante, Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. We know Aspilicueta, the mutual termination of his contract is likely to happen very soon, him going to Inter Milan. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, sure, apparently there's been a Galatasaray bid rejected from Chelsea, but we fully expect Aubameyang is 99% off somewhere. Mason Mount, we have spoken a lot about him, but I'm not going to include him in my plans because his future is so uncertain at the moment. He may return to pre-season. He may not leave Chelsea. But for the purpose of today's video, I'm still leaning towards him not being there. Christian Pulisic is the same situation. I think he's very likely to move on. So those are those players that I'm not going to include. Now we get to, as you can see on your screen now, and as I will explain, I've created the graphic of and just basically laid out the players left behind. Lukaku as well, not involved in this list as you'd probably expect because he is very unlikely to return to Chelsea. These are all the players that I think will be at least in the squad at the start. So um, we're not including, obviously, Mason Mount. But as you can see, across the team, it looks a lot more manageable. There still is a little bit of uh, an overload in the left-back position with Ben Chilwell, Mark Kukurea and Ian Matson. We're not quite sure what's going to happen with Ian Matson, but he will be returning, I'm sure, for pre-season. His future hasn't been clarified. 
Gabsolinina, I, I suspect, will get a loan. You know, if you look further up the pitch, David Datra Fafana, potentially a loan for him somewhere. Callum hudson it's very hard to know what his future is going to be. He is returning from his loan at Bayer Leverkusen. It started off well, really tailed off. Then I've also included players like Cesare Casade, who's had a very good summer with Italy. Andre Santos too. Lewis Hall is kind of in that middle ground. He's played a lot of left wing back, left back, but also, as we know in the academy, is predominantly a central midfielder. So we have players in there in that kind of zone who could still go out on loan, could be used in different positions. So that's kind of how I've laid it out right now. I do want to go through the preseason fixtures and kind of my feelings on preseason because, you know, we don't always take it as seriously, obviously, as the Premier League fixtures themselves. But, you know, I'm someone who does believe that preseason matters and the way you schedule preseasons matter. And, you know, the amount of games you have is important. And I, I strongly feel that in recent years, Chelsea haven't had enough preparations for seasons. I think the quality of travel simply hasn't been good enough. You can look at that last uh, summer or just simply we have not had enough games. Now, five games which has been announced so far, all of them taking place in America. We're not sure if there's going to be a behind closed doors game. Sometimes Chelsea do that. Or there may be one just before the start of the season because Chelsea's tour begins on the 19th of July and ends on the 2nd of August. Now, there still is a little bit of time between that game against Borussia Dortmund and the start against Liverpool to potentially fill one more friendly in a domestic or European sense as we did against Udinese. So I, I would like to see at least a sixth preseason friendly here because I think it's so important that Pochettino is going to be drilling these players is going to be working them very hard just to give that flexibility give that that sense and and that that enough time before the start of the season to get enough minutes to look at the variety of players he has to bring in those who have just recently arrived potentially about to sign for Chelsea and I just feel six to seven fixtures is enough time to get those kind of you know, iron out those kind of um, fitness problems, really take a look at some players in interesting positions and really clarify what you're doing before the start of the season. That's just something I firmly believe. I know some people, even experts say, you know, maybe pre-season you can kind of shrug your shoulders and say it's not the most important thing. I really do think it is from a fitness point of view. That is going to be the key thing for Mauricio Pochettino and Chelsea, improving fitness. Now we're going to get into my predicted 11. We're obviously going with the 4-2-3-1. Now, the reason we're going for this is because I think it suits the you know the profile of players we have in the squad and also just based on Mauricio Pochettino's previous work at Spurs. He likes this formation a lot and I do think in certain positions it's understandable why the shape of Chelsea may look like this in a number of games. He is also, and we know this in modern football, formations are not as rigid, rigid as they used to be. You know, even if we start with a 4-3-3, that could very much look like a back three at times. If you have a midfielder that you ask to um, sort of you split the defenders, you ask one to come back. That is something Pochettino did very successfully at Spurs. So I'm not sitting here and telling you it's always going to be a 4-2-3-1. There's going to be no variation from it. You know, Pochettino, like other previous you know Chelsea coaches, may look at this squad and say, actually, because of the number of centre-backs I have, I want to include a third centre-back. But we're going with a 4 2 3 1. In goal, we're going with a player who I think would be a brilliant signing. It's not Kepa Rizabalaga, it's Andre Onana. 
I really like Andre Onana as a goalkeeper. I know apparently Chelsea have gone a little bit cold on this transfer. We've even heard Mike Magnon, who I also think from AC Milan would be a brilliant signing too. But I just think with Inter Milan, Lukaku's ongoing interest there and also the fact that Inter financially are going to have to sell again. I think Onana's capabilities as a goalkeeper have been proven this year with Inter Milan. And also, I just think from a technical point of view, his ability on the ball is really, really impressive for a goalkeeper. And I think that's very important. He, you know, Pochettino is not, you know, someone who is religious in terms of passing the ball out from the back. He's not, it's not deaf by a thousand passes, but it is someone who wants to play progressively. And I just think it's kind of a non-negotiable in the current game. So you want that balance between a physically imposing goalkeeper, someone who's going to be able to dominate their box a bit more. Onana isn't the tallest goalkeeper, so it's why you'd maybe favour Mike Magnon as maybe a more physically imposing goalkeeper. But I also think we need to upgrade on Kepa Ariza Balaga. And, and I think that Onana for me just ticks a lot of boxes. And I think that deal could be realistic this summer for Chelsea. Then we go into the back four. We're going to start right back. Reese James, his fitness issues are a massive concern. Because as we know with Pochettino, he looks at these fullbacks. They are a key part of not only providing width, but energy. The energy you need to get back and forth. We've seen Reese's body break down a number of times, which is why it's important and vitally important that Chelsea signed Malo Gusto back in January, which is why you're going to give someone like Reese James a little bit more competition. And even though the strain in fixtures and the schedule isn't going to be as demanding this year, I think it's still nice to have Gusto to provide a competition as a young, hungry player coming in to, to make his mark at Chelsea, but also someone from a profile wise that isn't going to be as drastic, I think, a, a drop down when you say have to you know when we lost Reese last season there were times when we we're having to play Dave at wing back playing Loftus Cheek at wing back all of these things just aren't really favorable and I think that having someone who can at least not match James fully it's very difficult to do but at least from an athletic point of view hopefully can provide the width and intensity that Pochettino will need there are so many options at centre-back. I think it's easy to even forget Thiago Silva, who was Chelsea's player of the year last time. But I think it's quite clear that this season will at least see a transition to those younger centre-backs that we have invested in. Wesley Fofana, I just think, very naturally fills the right slot here because I, I think this will become his position. And I think it did gradually over the course of last season. I think this is someone who provably and just as the season went on it was a very difficult season and it's not like he didn't have his difficult moments he is still a young defender but I think from a athletic point of view I think he's able to to press up the pitch very well squeeze and 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 move forward and get Chelsea he's a proactive defender which is what again Pochettino needs but I also think from a technical point of view I think um, he's comfortable in possession too I also think it's someone that if you find the right partner for them, which is what we saw at stages, at brief stages last season, it can really be a nice balance between someone who is going to be a little bit more aggressive, someone maybe who is maybe a little bit more physically dominant, but also can sit deeper at times. I feel like for Fana, we invested so much in him. I think he will prove to be a brilliant signing. And I think we saw it in flashes last season. So I expect for Fana under Pochettino to get a lot of football if he stays fit. The left-sided area is, of course, a little bit more challenging. Benoit Badia-Shield, 
give him all the credit right I think he came in in January he had really an, an immediate impact and I felt could have played a lot more football and uh, provides I think a very competent option for Chelsea which is not what we've not had in a lot of areas uh, for the money we paid for him I think he, he's already proven to be a very valuable signing someone who I think can only get better and on the left side I think from a passing point of view very important in a team that's going to look to progress from deep but also from a physical point of view I think he adapted to the Premier League very well and, and, and its demands too so I think Badiashil will prove again to be an important player. I just think the the thing for me, Levi Colwell, we have spent a long time speaking about Levi. We have spent, you know, Chelsea have spent a lot of effort in trying to keep Levi Colwell. This is the moment. This is the time to bring him in. Now, I wouldn't be surprised to see at times a back three where you have both Badiashil and potentially Colwell playing. You have Silver and Colwell playing. Colwell has proven very quickly that he is an extremely talented defender. And I just think this is the moment, this is the season, this is the summer for him to come in and fully stake his claim. It's not that he's going to play every week, but I do think this is the time for Colwell to, to come in and become a key player at Chelsea because the talent is clearly there. At left back, it's clearly Ben Chilwell. Chilwell arguably was one of Chelsea's uh, rare bright you know, players last season and uh, had some very good performances. Again, struggled with injury, but has responded well to that. And, uh, you know, I've seen some suggestion again that, you know, people doubting Chilwell, it's just quite hilarious to me because, you know, this is someone who's so talented and so committed to Chelsea, it feels like, and someone who offers such... Um, just potential and I think quality in areas, you know, whether it's, you know, crossing the ball in the final third, overlapping defensively. I think for someone who's not the tallest defender, I think manages quite well. Real quality there and, and someone who I think, again, hopefully can have a clean bill of health. I also would keep Ian Matson, but that's another discussion. But for, for my starting player, it's obviously going to be Ben Shewa. Getting central midfield, We'll talk about my signing here, Moises Casado. Apparently, he's agreed personal ties with Chelsea. The negotiating with Brighton is going to be difficult. And I know in my recent video, we spoke to Rob Prattley. He's not as optimistic around Chelsea signing Moises Casado. And listen, I don't think he's ridiculous for doing so because we know Brighton and Tony Bloom, they're going to try and extract the most uh, amount of money here. And that's understandable given what they've already got out of Chelsea, but also what's happening with Declan Rice. But Moises Casado, I think, will be a very, very strong addition here because it's quite clear Chelsea need to sign a defensive-minded midfielder someone who's going to be able to cover a lot of ground soak up a lot of pressure energy be able to intercept and also I think give license to his midfield partner Enzo Fernandez to get forward a lot more and have that license that balance in midfield at Chelsea have been trying to get for it for a number of years now I think it's worth paying a premium at times for midfielders like we did with Enzo Fernandez so I don't think Casado would be a bad signing it's just if it goes to ridiculous lengths in Chelsea are waiting a long period of time I mean, do you then look at other options in the market? Manuel Ugarte has already gone to PSG. I do like Onana from Everton, but he is much, you know, different player to uh, Moises Casado. I think would have to be developed a lot more and maybe wouldn't be the player that comes in and provides you the instant, I think, competition and solidity that maybe Casado does. But at the same time, I, I, I still do get a sense that Casado... I'm not going to say when, you know, not if. I still think, you know, there's a way to go with this negotiation because it is Brighton. But I could see this happening and I think it would be a, a mega addition in an area that is needed a lot of investment. And when you've lost Kovacic, when you've lost Loftus-Cheek, when you've lost Kante, it's obvious you need to sign a new midfielder and there's money coming in with players. So I think Casado would be one I'd be targeting. Obviously, Enzo Fernandez, we've already spoken about him. Quality player, I think, will only get better in his second season and also be aided by, I think, a more settled environment and also 
also I think if he has defensive cover behind him we'll see that kind of progressive side of his game come out a lot more in a passing sense and connect with players in front of him three behind us uh, the striker We'll start off with Nani Madawake. Really, really good end to the season. I, I feel a bit sorry for Nani because I, I felt that it, it was it was the worst time for his season to end. But I think, you know, you've seen with the Euros, uh, with, with the England under-21s, he's continued that form. Really, really dynamic and brave player on the ball. I think from a wide area, it was really encouraging to see a player just go at defenders a bit more. And I think someone technically looks very, very exciting and someone who I think Pochettino will look to develop and really grow at Chelsea. I think he's going to be one of those project players from Mauricio Pochettino. And uh, someone's willing to work, someone's willing to get better. And I just think on that right side, potentially as well with Rhys James, you could form quite a nice partnership. So Nani Manawake, um, I think, will become a, a key player on the right side for Chelsea. In the middle, the new guy, Christopher Nkunku. This is really the tailor-made position for him. Uh, floating in, you know, finishing chances. We hope he can be effective. The versatility of Nkunku is also something that's massive. You know, someone who has the speed to get in behind, the ability to drop deep and link play with others, switch the ball potentially to a Madawake, but also Reese James coming in with the overlap. I could see him doing similar of Reese James. Kind of that relationship he grew with Simakan at RB Leipzig. So Nkunku is a very, very talented player. I just hope that Chelsea and Pochettino do not scupper that talent because Chelsea have invested a lot in this player. And, and I think it's the ready-made transition from Kai Havertz leaving. I, I hope that Nkunku can prove a more effective player more consistently and also in front of goal when he gets those opportunities can prove clinical as he has in the Bundesliga. The left, maybe I'm going to surprise you here. Mikhailo Mudrik, I think, will be, will be a player that develops this year. I hope, again, with all of these Chelsea players, a more settled environment, a more uh, slimmer squad, and a coach who I think can and bring the best out of talent, young talent especially. It's understandable why people have looked at Mikhailo Mudrik as one of those players like with Hugh Minson um, that Pochettino will really focus on and could really become a devastating finisher, particularly in transition with his speed. But I do think Raheem Sterling as such an experienced player, as someone who I think will be looking within his character to respond after what was a difficult... I mean, it wasn't an, an abject failure when you actually look at his goals. He was joint top goal scorer for, with, um, for Chelsea with Kai Havertz at nine. That isn't a woeful tally for a wide player, but I'm sure for his high standards, he'll want to go again. And uh, given some of the quotes from Raheem Sterling of working with Mauricio Pochettino, I, I do think when we look at how young this team is, is looking to be, I feel like Raheem Sterling is going to be one of those senior figures that you will need within this squad and will be, you know, you need to pass on a lot of responsibility. And I think that, you know, with the way Pochettino uses wide players, with the way Raheem Sterling likes to finish chances, his anticipation inside the box, I feel like Sterling will probably play a more prominent role than some may want in those early months. And I think it will be on players like Mikhailo Mudrik and maybe others to take Sterling's spot in the long term. Now we move on to the centre forward. Nicholas Jackson from Villarreal feels like the obvious option here, and he is going to be the player I put in here. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see what happens with Dacia Fafana. I feel like a young player that maybe, um, again, was lost in in, in the, the mad washing machine, if that's the right analogy from Chelsea, just the madness, the chaos, and he had to play a lot of sort of academy football. Um, the fact that Chelsea have now bought Strasbourg, it feels like a very natural place where we will see some business getting done this summer. And I just think for Fafana, I, I don't think all of Jackson, Breuer and Fafana should stay. I think at least one of them should go out on loan. And I think that that player may end up being Fafana because... I just think with Omanda Breuer, his brilliant talent and um, 
where he's already been in his career, had that loan at Southampton, had the loan at Vitesse on him as, as, as you know, even though he had that injury setback, I think profile-wise, him and Jackson, I think, fill a category of player that could not only be developed under Pochettino, but also the style of play. And this is something that does encourage me, right, between Jackson and Breuer and why it makes sense is that Pochettino, we, we spoke about this already, he's not someone that, you know, is deaf by a thousand passes. He at times wants to play very direct and transitional football. And that is something that I think a few Chelsea attackers have really struggled with is coming in from areas and, and clubs where they haven't been able to play on transition and run into space a lot of the time being asked at times to play and as I say a lot more slow areas and it really hasn't helped their game I do think with both Jackson and Breuer players who have thrived in those areas they may find the football of Mauricio Pochettino a lot more beneficial to their development it's not that there isn't going to be times when they're going to have to carve against a low block because we know Chelsea as a club are just always going to carve against teams when they come to Stamford Bridge especially who will sit deep you just have to understand that's you know the way it is for a big club there's no kind of getting around that but at the same time Chelsea and we know this as fans have been we've been frustrated with the lack of directness at times from central midfield those lack of passes sometimes when we've had to play an extra pass I hope Pochettino can maybe coach some of that into these players and also just play a, a style of football as we saw at Spurs that you know is at times going to look to retain possession, but is someone who wants those players to go at the opposition, to really go at people's throats. And I think that Jackson, as a very raw talent, as Breuer too, could very much fill that role. Stretch defences, have an ability to play in the channels, not only centrally, and also had a physicality to be able to hold up the ball that, you know, last summer, um, sorry, last season, I think Kai Havertz, his physicality, just was never going to do that for Chelsea. So I'm really intrigued to see because... You know, Breuer, Jackson, he's not players that are expected to be the saviours for Chelsea. I think more of that pressure will maybe fall on the shoulders of Christopher Nkunku, of probably Raheem Sterling, maybe Mikhailo Mudrik, you know, bigger signings. You know, in the case of, I think, Nkunku feels like that signing for Chelsea this summer. But I think for those players are going to be working very, very hard for Mauricio Pochettino. At times, maybe doing a bit of a thankless task at the top, pressing and harassing defenders and maybe creating... Um, better opportunities for other players but I think as 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 attackers they've got a real opportunity under Pochettino to really state their claim as the main forward those are my opinions on the squad and and who I think will gain a lot of football this season you know when we look at Onana Casado these are players that need to be signed from Chelsea in the first place so Kepa you know we may see Kepa start the season there have been some there's been some chatter and I can understand it from a logical point of view you know with Kepa's contract continuing to run down Chelsea may look to buy a second choice type goalkeeper who in a few months will take over from Kepa and that's understandable right and that may not be Andre Onana also as well Gab Sinina this is something Rob Prattley brought up is that you've got to remember that there are players like Sinina who Chelsea have kind of wanting to create a pathway for him, why they've signed for Chelsea. So you've got to think of that for the future, not only the short term. Also, Andre Santos. I'm intrigued to see where Andre Santos fits into this team. Would he play a number eight position? Would he play in, say, a 4-2-3-1, maybe further up the pitch, seeing his exciting talent? Chelsea have worked very hard to get him into the first squad, I'm sure, yeah, and there's kind of hope that he will remain. So sorry, Cassidy. Interesting to see what he does in preseason. Conor Gallagher. I think just very naturally suits what Mauricio Pochettino does and whether again it's an eight. I think he'd more fit the three behind the striker personally because I think I, I like Gallagher further up the pitch. I like him 
not only harassing defenders, but also being able to get in the final third and get on the end of opportunities. And uh, there were times during last season when we saw that at his best. I think uh, very early on for Graham Potter, he did that against... We, we, we all basically played a 4-2-3-1 against Wolves uh, and Gallagher played off the right and I think he was really, really effective. So I can see Gallagher staying now with the number of midfielders we've let go already. So again, there are going to be players you might mention in the comments who I haven't included here or haven't spoken about enough who actually may turn out to be big, big players from Mauricio Pochettino, very effective players. And that's what we want, right? We want Chelsea to look like a more competent team, a more effective team. These all sound like very obvious statements, but given what we watched last season, so little of that was available for us. So those are my thoughts. And, and the next few weeks are going to be really, really interesting to see how the team develops, how those games, when we get going in the US to see what Pochettino does. We may be all wildly wrong because I think a lot of us are predicting a 4-2-3-1. It may be a 4-3-3, slight tweak here, or it may be still a 3-4-3 or a free-back system of some kind. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. You can follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea, and I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.